Welcome back to another episode of Mitts and Twigs with us as always, the rock, the the keystone, if I may, Twigs, and uh, and of course myself, his humble colleague, Mitts, just here to bring you all the news that's fit to talk about as far as we're concerned. Twigs, how's your week? How you been? <laughs> Bonjour. Uh, it's It's been... Uh... <laughs> Oh, en français, eh? Huh? Fluent. It's the Canadian in me. Just kidding. That's all I know. Yeah, I think I failed in grade six. Just didn't catch on. I'm just not a man of like the tongue. Just can't, you know, articulate other languages. He can barely articulate English. So there we go. Um, it was good. Good week. Had some big news in Flames world. Yeah, actually, a crazy week in the Flames world. Um, but yeah couple private personal things that were going on and yeah it's been crazy non-stop how about you <laughs> perfect timing for that background screech uh good good had some had some family events some family visiting i get a little bit of a lull before uh a big a big uh wedding coming up uh not mine good friend of mine's uh, in a couple weeks here so look forward to that not a whole lot going on in the blues world so it's kind of settled in our off season is possibly done you know we'll see it seems like things are still in. and uh uh pour pour tout le monde uh uh je souhaite que que vous uh, acceptez notre effort ici um <laughs> all right we are back in english uh that is uh that is the uh, little bit of French immersion that I have still with me. Uh, my, vo- my vocabulary is terrible. I, I get it. I get it. You just had to trump me. I come in hot with the bonjour and you're like, hold my beer and then just <laughs> proceed to trump me. It's okay. I appreciate that. I'll just teach you in fantasy again this year. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. I thought I thought we were just trying something new. I thought we were going to do a French episode. Oh, I'm just trying to embrace it. <laughs> it's the Jonathan Huberdeau uh podcast oh. i can't wait uh the, i think we really need to revisit the hubert don'ts of of the uh, season uh in, in uh, one of our season previews uh that was one of our hottest episodes out of the gate uh <laughs> inexplicably um we are just tied to huberto and uh with that in mind the man himself uh who i gently predicted would sign and trade has only signed uh he did has not been traded uh it looks like he will be in calgary long term uh flames fans obviously everywhere uh except for the most bitter of the bitter will ever be happy are ecstatic that uh you know that silver lining uh of losing goudreau and and, uh, and kachuk has turned out to be more than just a lining a, a, a creamy silver center if i may in uh, one of the top players in the world, according to stats, anyways, uh, signing there long term. And is it is it rumor or is it fact? Ty, tell me from the area itself. Is the weeks is the weeks inked or is that just people getting excited and predicting? Well, uh, like that's the the most interesting thing. There's been some really sorry if you guys hear a one-year-old screaming it's because uh she's finally you know discovering her vocal cord and that she i don't know trying to talk or something but i think the weeks is going to get done this week there was a lot of rumors last night for some reason but again there was a lot of people putting out numbers that have like zero sources but everybody's more like just trust me bro kind of stuff but um (laughs) Some big reporters have said that it's probably going to happen this week. There's a, there's Brad has been working it. He's clearly wants to sign him. And I think if you can, I think if you can sign both of them, I don't know how you can't like favor this trade tremendously one direction for the flames. Florida gave up Matthew Kachuk. And I think that a lot of the sports media didn't think either Uyghur or Huberto would sign in Calgary, probably unfairly with the, the narrative that just happened with Johnny Goudreau and, and Matthew Kachuk asking to leave and the other one just leaving in free agency. Um, but good on Brad for living and good on, I hate saying this. I hate saying this good on Murray Edwards. He's opened up his 
paycheck. And like clearly has never done this in history. Jonathan Huberto is now the highest paid flame in, in flames history, which is crazy to me. Like they've had some star players and you know, they've still stuck always around that $7 million range, which was Jerome McGinley's highest cap. And um, I think there were some uh, outings with Dion Phaneuf and that's what relatively made him move as well. Like just not wanting to open the page, the, the checkbook, but Jonathan Huberdeau, it's the French, it's the accent. No, he was going to give the money to Johnny. Yeah. Still. Um, the accent always goes well in uh, Calgary. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. It's a, it's a strong French accent. I, I'm not one to have listened to a lot of Jonathan Huberdeau's uh, interviews or anything like that because he was locked down in Florida and nobody covers that team. Wait till Matthew Kachuk realizes that there's no fans that go to those games. But still, um, Uyghur should be done this week. And if if what reporters have said, it should be somewhere around anywhere from six to seven mil per year, which would be a steal, especially when Darnell Nurse makes nine. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. No, that uh, – I mean, the, I think the only – I mean, if you really wanted to nitpick, the only issue with, I guess, signing Hoover to long-term and – possibly inking weeks long-term is it really ruins the rebuild that we were all looking forward to the flames finally doing, you know? So yeah, I don't know. I guess uh... the flames are like (laughs) allergic to a rebuild. They're like, Oh, finally, you're going to get a haul of draft picks and futures from Matthew Kachuk. And they're like, no, hold this. We're going to go get an aging superstar in Jonathan Huberdeau and a, a defenseman who's just going into his prime in Mackenzie Weger. Like, I, I do want to just preference this before we go. Like the contract is not going to be great for Calgary in the future, right? Like playmakers tend to age well in the NHL. I'm not saying that in three years, this contract's going to be a night, a nightmare, but like 35, 36 and 37 year old Huberto being paid 10.5 is probably not going to look well. Do I think it's a disaster? No, I don't see this like being any different than the Calgary Flames offering Johnny Goudreau almost the exact same contract. And we're even willing to go to 11 with Johnny Goudreau. So there are two months, like an age difference. So a lot of these fans that were like before Jonathan Huberto signed, were like, well, the Flames can't win the deal unless they sign Jonathan Huberto. And now they're like, well, that's a terrible contract. And he's a terrible player kind of thing. It's like, you can't win in flames land right now. So I don't know. Uh, it comes with its risks, right? It definitely, well, of comes course. With I mean, you see Pittsburgh lock, like they've, they've put contracts in, in all their aging superstars. Yeah. And I think that that's just part of it. If you want to be competitive, a lot of the time, Oh, don't no, no, we got to leave it. It's, it's not nearly as bad as it sounds. Oh, it's bad on my now, end. <laughs> now for, for those of you who started, uh, you know, yeah. Ty's young daughter is expressing herself and, and, <laughs> As a couple of goofballs with a podcast, I don't think we have a right of, of ever infringing on anybody else's right to, ex- to, to express themselves <laughs> if they really feel like, because what are, what are we doing right now if not that? So, you know, if uh, if you are looking for the most polished podcast, well, I'm sorry, this is not it. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, but as I was saying, I don't know. I think it's, it, that's what you see. A lot of teams that uh, you make that choice, you either lock up these guys and you know, run the risk of the back end being a little questionable, uh, but, or, or you don't, you don't get them, but I mean, the guys know their value and uh, someone will give it to them because why worry about what the contract's going to look like in four or five years, if you're competing right now, that's yeah. really what it comes down to. And there's a really good chance that that's going to be, that could either be somebody else's problem in the like GM president's version of it, or, you know, like maybe you win a cup, along that way. And it's a lot easier to swallow that if you can say that we did and we got there. So if you're not trying to win, if you're not doing whatever you can to win, you know, within reason, I say within reason because hockey Canada stuff, uh, then, you know, what are you doing out there? So, no, I think it's fine. I mean, you got to put those years on there. Um, And especially given the two superstars that, that just, you know, left, uh, you, you've got it. You had to make this work, and it's it's really wonderful, really a wonderful story that not only has it is it working out, but that these guys are genuinely good hockey players um, in their prime, 
Uyghur may even have a higher ceiling at this point still, instead yeah. of you know signing an aging player. Uh, speaking of Kadri, um, the newest rumor out there is the Isles have put a seven by seven deal on the table for Kadri. It's hard to imagine anybody else topping that length or meeting that total value, in my opinion. He's probably had some feelers out there for teams that'll take like you know two or three year contracts that are maybe seven or above. But I don't think most other teams that are remotely competitive have the cap space or the interest in signing a 30 plus year old to that length. Does it feel like to you that this is this is his you know, like as good as it's going to get for him, unless he's more focused on something else. I, I, I really thought going into the off season that the team that was going to sign Nazem Kadri was going to be the Philadelphia Flyers. I, I, I don't think John Tortorella has an interest in Johnny Gaudreau. Actually, we've seen that the proof is in the pudding. They had zero interest in Johnny Gaudreau, a player that uh, went to the organization and said, "Sign me." But I actually thought that John Tortorella's type of player, you know, Boone Jenner succeeded under Torts, like uh, even PLD, uh, he, you know, succeeded under him. I thought that was the guy. The, the ownership said, hey, here's a blank check. And when that went away, I was like, I don't know who's going to sign him. Everybody's linked to Calgary, to Kadri, and thankfully – Bradshaw Living isn't going to go out and spend spend all this like empty cap space he has after three years, right? Like the basically the cap structure of the Calgary Flames is pretty good after even this season, Lucic and Monaghan come off the books. And then two years after that, it's like basically a, a, just Jonathan Huberdeau and Markstrom. So uh, a lot of people linked Calgary to Kadri, and thankfully that has not happened. I Just giving a 30, and that, this is no disrespect to Nazem Kadri. He had a hell of a postseason. A yep. hell of a regular season, like a heck of a regular season, just for, just to, uh, I just, I don't even know how to explain it. It makes no sense. Seven years for that type of player. He's a physical player. He just had a huge injury in the playoffs. He's had injuries in the past. He's got lots of games under his belt. I just don't know. Like I've seen it with James Neal firsthand. You've seen it with Troy Brower. You've seen it with, um, Kylo Capozo, Milan Lucic, all these deals when you give it to like these types of players that play that physical game do not age well. Now, does it make that make sense that's the New York Islanders? 100%. Just pull up cat friendly. That team is a full of 30 plus year olds. They're in win now mode and they probably should be. They just like a couple of years back were in Eastern Conference finals two times in a row. I just don't know if I'd want to commit to Kadri that much because you know, probably playing with the Colorado Avalanche if it like inflates your numbers a bit. So good on him. Yeah. Good on him getting the bag though. If that's true and that 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 that's what happens, good on him. Well, and I wonder if he's not taking this deal, what is he even really looking for? What does he think is out there? What are his what is his agent telling him is out there? Because I mean that's yes, if you go off just last year's point production, the Stanley Cup win and all that stuff you can imagine numbers like nine and $10 million. But if you actually look at his career uh, and you look at his age and how many more years you're expecting anything out of him, this feels, even this feels generous realistically in a year. And you know, if the cap ceiling isn't exploding uh, there, you know, a lot of teams have been kind of taking care of their own things early on uh, and, and, you know, just resigning their own guys. They're not, going out there and signing the big free agents the same way. Uh, and yeah, I think if he wants a long-term deal, it's I'd, I'd be really surprised at this point if any team matches or betters the term or the overall amount. Now I could see something like, and I, I've mentioned this before, maybe this is just again, something that I think would be hilarious, but entertaining and makes sense is if he signed and say with the coyotes for like three years, 10, a million a year because they've got the money to spend. They could use that in a lot of ways. And if he does three years, then, you know, put in a year and a half and he could probably be traded to a contender in another year and a half or in two years for that final year at some point. But, you know, why, even then, even then, if I think that makes some sense, he'd be leaving close to another 20 million on the table to take a deal like that. So, Man, 
Nazem, I'm sure you're a big fan of ours. I'm sure you're listening. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. I don't think that uh, for people out there. But man, unless you really feel like there's a better deal out there, and secure that close to $50 million contract, take that guaranteed money, enjoy yourself, dude. Like you've, he's, he's earned it, but at this point it, it just, it doesn't, I don't see how he could possibly reasonably expect to get more than that right now or, let me ask or you the remind his career. Yeah. Let me ask you this though, hypothetically, just because, so we know that that offer has been on the table. Frank Cervelli has like nailed almost every offer that's been put out there. He nailed all the Calgary flames ones that were rumored to be true. And they ended up being true. Brad Living's committed, said them and Johnny Goudreau said that was them. Um, so it's seven times seven. There's gotta be another offer on the table. There has to be, there has to be another team on the table, unless the New York Islanders, which they will have to do is clear cap space because it's also been rumored by, I think it's Arthur Staple from um, the New York Islanders has said that Noah Dobson's contract and their other RFA is also done. So unless they're trying to move money out like uh, uh, Anthony, but uh, what's his name? Can't remember. He's around five million. Or Josh Bailey, who I can't, I can't imagine how you move that contract. Then that's still waiting. But say this hypothetically: if you're Nazem Kadri and you have two offers on the table, you have one from the Flames that are is it, say rumored five times five at seven years, which I don't want the Flames to offer. <laughs> Just saying. Or I'm sure they are in the mix. Or you have seven times seven to play on the island. Which one are you taking? And it's and it's all because clearly he said all along it's all about competing and trying to win a Stanley Cup. Which one? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I probably I still think the Islanders is is a more is a better deal for yeah. him. Because again, that's a lot of money you'd be leaving on the table, and passion is is wonderful. But we're talking about the ability to set like generational wealth for your family. Yeah. Um, that that really can shouldn't be discounted. Uh, there might be tax, tax implications that that you know balance that. Because I think New York has one of the higher, if I'm not mistaken, one of the higher income tax rates I think so. uh, in the U.S. New York State. But so that's maybe something to take into account. Which then maybe makes that uh, my, my Hail Mary Phoenix offer make more sense. Um, I got to get them on the phone and explain this to them why it makes sense. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think as well, coming out of the, I think the East is more up for grabs right now than the West. And obviously anything can happen. We see that all the time. Uh, but Colorado looks like they're not going to miss a step. Uh, St. Louis should be right there. I mean, Calgary looks like they should have a, a playoff spot. Edmonton, I think, got better. Uh, there's a, a bunch of teams that have improved a little bit, but the top end, the top four or five teams, I think, uh, have in the West have, have gotten better or at least kind of held, held pace. So I think the East is a little bit more wide open. I think that New York, despite having kind of an off year last year, the Islanders, that is, I think they've, like you said, they, they were in the conference final two years in a row. They've got a lot of talent there. Yeah. I don't know. I got to wonder. It's a lot. It's a lot harder question than you think because you're like, oh man, the Islanders suck this year. They're going to pick 13th in the draft. They did not have a good year. But again, you look at like, no, that's a good team. They had a nightmarish start to the season, like nightmarish, where they didn't play for how many games? Like 20 something or 18? I can't remember. At home, so they're on the road that long. And when you start losing on the road, it gets hard, right? And then you can't really recover. And and then once you fall behind the eight ball. In the NHL, it's not easy to like catch up, right? If you're playing behind by 500, you're usually going to stay there for quite a while. It's hard to go on big winning streaks with with so much parity in the NHL, and so many teams are closer than you think. There's the random couple of teams like Colorado and Tampa Bay and St. Louis that clearly their rosters stand above everybody else's. And then there's a few bottom feeder teams, but still. It's a tougher question than you think, and I, I'm with you. I think if I'm Nazem, I'm taking the, I'm taking all the money I can get. Yep. I'm taking every single dime I can get, even if it is on the, on the Islanders, and we will suck in two years. Just with all the contracts on that team, that it's going to age horribly. But again, like you said, with Pittsburgh and with the Huberto contract and, say, with the Thomas Hurdle contract, 
there's always a time where like you got to pay those guys right now. And then you worry about that later. Look at San Jose, right there. They've got all those awful deals, but they were a beast. And they, every year they were like one, they were so close to winning the Stanley cup. They were right there. Right. So you got to go for it, but I'm taking all the money I possibly can. I'm with you. Yep. Stay well, with you got to think about it too. Uh, here's something that I don't know, maybe this is not something that they would ever think about. Uh, maybe it's just something that's easy for a fan to conceptualize. Even if there's only two years, let's say, for this team to really be competitive, and maybe that's something he's looking into. Uh, at seven million dollars, and the idea that the cap could probably continue to go up, but actually spike in say two yeah. to three to four years, this seven million dollar contract becomes a lot easier to stomach. And you know, if the cap goes up by like five to ten million over the next three years, then maybe somebody who's willing to take on that contract for a very good, say third line, fourth line center, who's got all that experience, has a little bit of upside, can really impart that on a team. You know, Toronto could always use some a little more leadership, I think, and, and a winning pedigree. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, I think it's that kind of thing that he doesn't have, you don't have to think about it as seven years with the Islanders. Realistically, it's probably three years with the Islanders and then after that, it's, are you still playing hockey at yeah. your, you know, at a level that you're happy with, or do you want to retire, you know, or, you know, do you, you know, are they ready to ship you off to another team for some draft picks or some kind of compensation or something like that, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff can be taken into account. But uh, yeah, Nazem Kadri's always done things the hard way, not because he's chosen to. Uh, I think his time in Toronto, they've really stacked the deck against him in a lot of ways oh. and made him earn every inch more so than I think a lot of other players with his talent, with his uh, pedigree. And so uh, I think that this is nothing new to him, but I, you know, I'd like to see him get a good deal and get a good situation. And so I hope that, I hope that whatever he decides to do, he decides relatively soon because I'd hate to see some news that this offer gets pulled and he ends up having to sign somewhere for like, you know, a total 12 to $15 million deal when he had the ability to take, take home like 50. I, I still think it's impressive that Frank Saravelli said the offer from the Islanders is seven years. Like we just saw with John Klingberg, he got a one-year deal, right? Usually the longer it goes on, you're not getting that term. Right now, Nazem is a, is a different player, but he was in the same age group as, as Klingberg, where teams were like, we're not paying you, you know, seven years at seven mil to eight mil. We're just not doing it. Not like not at your age, which is crazy because he's also an offensive defenseman, which like you know, he's not getting hit a lot. He's scoring points, but still like good on Nazem. And again, it just feels like the Islanders have this done. It just feels like it. Last year, the Zach Parise stuff happened, right? And there was rumors he was signed at the start of the offseason and he didn't get signed till September. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it just feels like Lou Lamorello is like, F the media. I'm not, like, leaking anything. I'll sign him when I want to sign him. I think yeah. I read similarly uh, earlier today somewhere that uh, both Dobson and Romanov are suspected to have deals in place. They just haven't been submitted yet. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Arthur Staples, he yeah. said that too. Dobson was done. I was like, yeah. Well, announce it. Like, why? Why are you? Like, but there has to. But with the crazy, crazy Lou. Yeah, with those guys, there has to be a move. Uh, the fourth periods reported tons that uh, they're waiting for the first domino. There has to be a trade. Somebody has to be moved out because the cap just doesn't work. They're eleven million dollars, and with with Kadri, which I I would say I'm probably ninety percent sure that Kadri's going to the island. Dobson's hundred percent done. And um, Romanov is 100% done. I don't know how you're going to make all that fit. We, uh, we didn't mention this, obviously, up until now, but I'm just seeing this and... Breaking news? This isn't... Oh. Well, not. I don't want to get people too excited because it's not breaking news like that. But, okay. I'm just realizing that the Islanders, and this would have been last year, have finally finished playing paying Rick DiPietro. <laughs> think about that. In 2020-21 season, they still had to pay him four and a half million dollars. That's insane. <laughs> I do want to play. Atta, Atta boy Garth Snow. 
Break some news. Break some news. Um, I want to rest in peace, Max Pacioretty. Uh, he just tore his Achilles, and he will be out oh. for six months. All right. I still don't love the RIP because that's a little bit darker, but dang. Patches. That sucks for Carolina. Again, they did get him for free. Um, <laughs> um, he's got $7 million left on his career. And yeah. it will go out for six months, and it could probably be longer. What sucks even more is I literally traded Johnny Goudreau for Max Petrotti in our fantasy league, and now I'm dying inside. Dying. Oh. Well, finally, finally, something breaks the Golden Knights' way. And this guy. So Carolina is 100% going to sign Phil Kessel, aren't they? I mean, it makes sense. It makes it, so much sense. And we and we had this we had this chat, and that we want to talk about this anyways. And I don't think it needs to be overly long. Um, Phil Kessel should be signed somewhere because the guy can still play some hockey. And <laughs> but like, what is he? He's kind of a third line third liner. Like most competing teams, he probably shouldn't be playing in the top six. So he's and he's certainly not like an energy player from what I've seen in the last couple of years. So I wouldn't put him on the fourth uh line but like i guess third line sort of but maybe not every shift maybe he's more of a power play slash offensive zone specialist you know face off in the offensive zone put him out there if the puck comes down your end get him off the ice and the switch immediately like that's what i feel like he is like he still has some hockey in him but he's not he's the type of guy that other than you know Float, keeping his Ironman streak alive unnecessarily. The guy probably should spend most nights in the in the box watching watching the game. I, I also think though a team like Carolina signing Phil Kessel is like a perfect fit. A team's yeah. already oh yeah it's loaded. Um you you go in there you basically are gonna play 15 minutes a game max yeah, might get some, might get some power play time, and he he'll put up fifty assists easy. He did in Carolina. I mean, in Phoenix, what did he have forty eight or something? Is he going to score many goals? No, he's probably past that, you know. But you get him on a one year, one million dollar deal, maybe even a two year, two million dollar deal kind of thing. Yeah, that is that's a steal. Like he's still got lots of game left. He's not. No, is he the same player? No, he's not the same player. But Let's see. What did he put up last year? Yeah, I think Carolina makes sense. Um, 44 assists on an Arizona team that did not score many goals. I could see. I could see the Abs bringing him in. You know, that seems like the exact type of thing that a defending Stanley Cup champion would do to kind of just put some of that depth and some of that, uh, you know, identity in there. That the same way that a team would, you know, trade for Phil at the deadline to to have that extra scoring punch and to have that depth. Why not just sign him to like one email of one year and just to have him there yeah. for that? I think, honestly, I think the only thing stopping Phil probably from signing anywhere already is the idea of, and please correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to be a dummy, uh, but trying to maintain his Ironman streak. So that, I feel like that's got to be probably somewhere is that he's like, look, where if I, if I sign somewhere I want to play, I need, I need some kind of promise because I'm sure lots of teams would sign him just to have him as, as a piece in case, but. Yeah, Florida would have made sense, especially when they just like lost so many pieces, right? But again, do they? Do you want to? He could. They're probably. They've not. also they've also shown they don't mind breaking yeah. those Ironman streaks, so you don't <laughs> want to go there. I'm like, do you really want another Yandel situation? Uh Kessel, like he he could still play. I just think the teams and and somebody said in our chat too, Edmonton makes sense, but Edmonton's cap space makes zero sense. They got nothing there. And again, yeah. that that top six and top nine is pretty loaded already. Um, especially when I want to see Jesse Pugliarvi get like a fair chance, like somebody like let him go. You know what I mean? He just that that whole situation reminds me of Sam Bennett, and the and the same thing is going to happen. Um, he'll get traded and explode. But uh, yeah, Carolina makes sense. I could see Calgary makes sense. They lost a, a top nine, like they lost two one hundred point wingers, and they've only replaced one of them they haven't added anybody else other than that they had a Mackenzie Weger and Kevin Rooney 
and a shit ton more defensemen. But um, yeah, I, I Colorado makes a ton of sense. Depending on what the Codger situation is. Yeah, I don't know. He'll find a spot. He'll keep it going. He'll yeah. sell some jerseys. It'll, it'll be awesome. Phil Kessel's still an entertaining player. And clearly he only cares about if there's a good hot dog around. So, and that's no joke. He said it. I'm not, I'm not shaming here. I'm, that's what he's into. So, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, speaking of old guys, Patrice Bergeron. Uh-huh. Coming back, signing the team friendliest deal in the world. Okay. Uh, recruiting his good pal, David Krejci, to come out of quasi-retirement uh to play another year i uh i mean can't fault can't fault boston for that and uh i don't know if i, I mean i guess it kind of puts him in the hunt they were in the playoffs last year and, and yeah. you know if, if krejci can put up numbers and, and and uh compete like he did two years ago i think it was i guess now uh then then yeah and and if everybody comes back healthy i also i like the fact that it puts Boston as kind of a, this is, uh, this is the last year for this group and we're going to make a run for this because after this, like a lot of guys contracts are coming off the books. Um, Pasternak is probably going to be one of those deciding factors because he still needs a deal after next year. But if you're going into rebuild mode and the season's not going the way that you want right now, man, they could, they could do a lot of different things with this, uh, with this year and with next year, so wow. yeah, I think it's I think it's really interesting. I'm I'm not I don't want to say good on you, Boston, but uh, at the very least, I appreciate the way that they feel like they've I know what they're doing, and yeah. uh, and what their next step is. I think I think what Boston Boston had a what's and it's funny because they just retained players. It wasn't like they went and really got anybody. Like Pavel Zach is their big addition this offseason. They got rid of Eric Alla, who was great for them, but clearly they got rid of Eric Alla because they knew David Krejci was coming back, right? So yeah, Zach, Zach just did a one year deal too with uh, through arbitration. So he's just for one year. So next year they decided yeah. they want to keep him or not. Yeah, like they're like look like I'm just gonna read off the names who is gone after this season. Pasternak, Nick Foligno, Pavel Zaka, Craig Smith, Patrice Bergeron, Thomas Nosek, Chris Wieger, uh, David Krejci, and Connor Clifton. Now they and Jeremy Swayman and Trent Frederick are RFAs, but that is a lot of players. It's easier just to mention the players that are like still on the contract, which are like three forwards and four defensemen. Cap management, that's really good because David Pasternak is going to demand a lot of money next year. He's going to demand a lot. Like you looked at these wingers that just got paid. Um, Johnny Goudreau, 9.75. Matthew Kachuk, 9.75. Jonathan Huberto, 10.5. Um, Mika Zibinijad is like in the eights. Like there's a lot, even though he plays center. Uh, Chris Kreider last got last year at like age 30, got six, six mil or whatever. But these guys got paid. So Boston's in a good spot. And their D's yep. all locked up. So I don't know. I, I I like Boston. I like what they're doing. I like, hey, let's go for it. Patrice Bergeron, come back. I just love that Patrice Bergeron. I just want to take a second out of my day. Hold on one sec. I just want to take a second out of my day and just like break the Montreal Canadiens hopes and dreams. Before this offseason started, you guys said, all of Habs media, which is by far the most annoying media, other than the Edmonton Oilers, <laughs> said they would have Chris Letang signed. He wants to come home. Patrice Bergeron signed. He wants to come home. Trade for Jonathan Huberdeau and sign him to a long-term contract. He wants to come home. We're going to steal Pierre-Luc Dubois from Winnipeg. He wants to come home. Y'all did none of it. None of it. And not the province in Canada, none of it. Like, I'm just saying, sorry, that was. I was wow. Actually, that was so bad. <laughs> Woo! That was so good, too, though. Um, but For our listeners out there, if you didn't hear Tyler's child already, you do know now that he's a father. <laughs> that was the daddest joke. That was good. I liked it. I'm actually really proud of him. So I'm going to tell my wife. <laughs> um, but, uh, they're just living in reality. And I also want to say this. Y'all wanted Huberto so bad. And then because he signed in Calgary, you all are now saying he is the worst hockey player ever to play in the NHL. Your petty, le- like your petty level 
is like max level high. Like it's ridiculous. You just drafted first overall. You made the wrong pick. I'm going to say that first. Shouldn't have done that. Logan Cooley, who Arizona picked, is going to have a better career. I'm also stating that for the record. Yeah. Just, you know, just, you know, enjoy the carry price contract that's aging horribly and just, you know, keep at the bottom. That's all. That's all I want to say. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully Cole Caulfield doesn't, Caulfield doesn't want to go home. I have a real hatred for Habs fans right now. I never realized I had so much in common with Habs fans. What with their accurate assessment of Jonathan Huberto. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, fan, they're like, fan casting for all these players that are going to come home. You know, the, me with Kachuk in St. Louis. I mean, you know, it is what it is. If this offseason's done one thing, I hope it destroys the narrative of players wanting to go home. John Tavares is like one of the only players, like big name free agents, that went home. That's it. I heard for years, Johnny Goudreau to Philly, Matthew Kachuk to St. Louis, Jonathan Huberdeau to um, Montreal, Chris Letang to Montreal, Patrice Bergeron to Montreal. They don't want to go home. They just don't. They're okay playing for a market that's going to pay them a ton of money. So, yeah. I think as a quick aside, I really think that this, I've, I've reject the idea in these level sports leagues that any players flat out, for the most part, won't play for a team because of where it is. Because at the end of the day, if you're, if you're building a great organization and you're offering a fair market contract, it's insane to think that somebody would take a big pay cut to avoid it. Now, being traded there, I totally get that because you yeah. want to be in control of your destiny. You don't want to be sent somewhere else. And when you factor in things like, uh, you know, income tax, that yeah, of course, that that means that $10 million in city A might actually equivalent uh, or equal to uh, $6 million in city B because of how much you're actually taking home. But if that was the only thing, then, you know, those, those markets that don't tax would always be the top teams with all the best players. And Tampa Bay's run aside, which required expert circumvention of the cap, Florida's not there. Florida's not there because they signed the best players and offer the most money. If anything, the players that they spent the most money on in recent years have been not the most helpful, uh, i.e. Uh, Bob in net, who's, you know, making uh, roughly, I think, 20 times what his backup is and playing about the same level. So, you know, which is both very high, but still, I a do, lot of I money do. to pay for. I do think you're right about that, but I do think now there's been a, like a, a shift in the NHL where you're seeing teams like Vegas, and it still doesn't make any sense to me why Arizona, well, Arizona is playing in a university. Um, Arizona, I can't even say Arizona in this group. Florida, Tampa, Vegas, all these teams, they're like first on the list. Even Matthew Kachuk, Vegas was on his list because of the tax rates, right? And you're starting to see these players want to go down there and sign long-term down there. Yes, Florida traded for Sam Bennett, instantly signed him. Sam Reinhardt, instantly signed him. Um, Matthew Kachuk, top of his list, Florida. Why? Tax reasons, right? There's everybody's like, oh, how can Jonathan Huberto get 10.5 and Matthew Kachuk only get nine, 9.75? Well, that 10.5 in Calgary is probably very similar to that Florida seven point, I mean, 9.75, right? Calgary probably had to throw on an extra 500,000 just to get that deal across the line. But you're starting, you're starting to see that shift where teams are like players are, are, are more conscious and are willing to go there. That's why you're also seeing the rise in these, these, these States and these teams. Yeah. But I mean, and I, I get that, but I, I still, I don't think that that is, I think that's more an anomaly than a trend. You think so? Yeah. Like Jack Campbell, just signed in Edmonton. Vander Kane just signed in Edmonton for what a lot of people thought was low, less than the market would have allowed for. I don't think that, like Calgary doesn't have the most, uh, well, Calgary probably has some of the, or, or sorry, Alberta has probably some of the most forgiving tax laws yeah. in Canada, yeah. but still not comparable to some of these states that sure. are just like, 
ah, do whatever you want. You're rich. We don't care. We don't uh, we don't infringe upon rich people's rights here. Uh, it's only the poor. Uh, you know, hello, Florida. Um, so I just I think that, you know, you would never see. I think you would see a lot more success. A lot more players go there. And yeah, obviously, I think as players as people in general become more knowledgeable about this, it becomes more uh, commonplace knowledge. Players are aware of this and they factor this stuff in. But St. Louis, as far as I'm aware, Missouri doesn't have the best, you know, tax loopholes for them. But St. Louis has been able to bring in and keep a lot of players because of the culture, because of the area. Uh, and I think that that's, that's a big part of it that people often overlook and they, you know, they try to make these narratives like no one wants to go to Winnipeg. Well, does no one want to go to Winnipeg because the weather sucks? Cause they're only there for like half the year or does no one want to go to Winnipeg because, you know, the team doesn't really invest the money in playing at, uh, or, 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 you know, having a great culture or taking care of their players or as has seemingly come out the last few years, the locker room is so toxic that hall of fame caliber coaches and players would rather quit hockey than stay. I think that that's people, but it's impossible for us as fans to be able to look at a locker room and but, be like, oh, but I, also, I just wanted to defend Winnipeg really quick. Players that play in Winnipeg seem to stay in Winnipeg. Mm. Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor, Connor Hellebuck, Dustin Bufflin. Like the only players that have really left is Evander Kane. And I know we, you just mentioned Evander Kane. I don't think the market was out there for Evander Kane. Like, I really don't. I can't see it. I can't see a team willing to spend. Like, I thought he would get somewhere around $7 million. Did he take a pay cut? Yes, he did. I thought Edmonton would have to pay him seven. But then that just shows, like, maybe the market's not out there. That's his last contract he's probably going to sign. And I see. I, I, think, I think I saw it as more of a, you know, we can think and say whatever we want about Kane. We don't know him personally. We don't know his motivations. We don't know his life. Uh, you know, I could see it as it was like, you know what, actually, this is a place that I'm comfortable playing. This is a place where I can win, which I got to believe that almost every hockey player, as much as they want to get paid well, also wants to win a Stanley cup. And so him signing there, and you know, bringing in Campbell, they, 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 that's a, they're, they're primed. They're a oh, contender. They're top the four or five team. Yeah. So, I feel like that plays into it. I really do, because I mean, I don't see why uh, another team wouldn't have offered him the same or more money in possibly a market with a better tax rate. Because Lord knows, it seems like he needs the money. Uh, I don't know. Maybe playing in Canada protects him from some of those American prosecutions. Who knows? Uh, you know, uh, probably not, but still. I don't know. I just think that a lot of these narratives get overblown. I think they get used as excuses when what it actually comes down to is, you know, management and culture of the team and not the area itself. I think you can, you can build a hockey culture that people want to come be a part of in any of these major cities because they are all major cities really even though we call them some of them are bigger than others and, and major markets for small markets they're all big cities so yeah i don't know that's rant rant over uh you know but uh i've got my eye on you media so stop it with your silly narratives i'm glad we can put that to rest and we can all just move on though well we should have just start, we should have just said that, that whole narrative of that is and like what you were going off is you should have just been example one is Johnny Gaudreau. You just, you just pick Columbus, right? Like who picks Columbus? <laughs> I'm just saying like that, who? that that's, that's goes with your narrative where they're all like, it's all about the organization. Yarmo's built a great organization there. Yeah. I, I'm just saying like that goes with that. So yeah, Ohio, who picks Ohio? <laughs> Okay, I don't want to crap on Ohio. No, I don't know that we could ever do more damage than LeBron did, but <laughs> still, no reason to kick him. Uh, let's see, we got we got some final news and notes here. Truba, the newest Rangers captain. Uh, slow news day headline, or something that we should actually be remotely entertained or, or dialed into. I thought it would be Kreider. I won't lie. 
I, I really did think it'd be Chris Kreider. I think Jacob Truba, you know, game one, everybody's going to come out and just like elbow somebody just to honor the, you know, the first game as Jacob Truba's captain. It's going to be elbows thrown everywhere. People are going to be dirty hits, you know, leaving the feet. I, I love it. Like I do love like a defenseman captain. And I think like a guy that's like, he's going to use his body, you know, to show like get his team into the game. Um, but yeah, what a ride for Truba, you know, all the fans wanted him out. He wanted out in Winnipeg and now he's the captain of the New York Rangers. Just brings me so much joy that Adam Fox isn't the captain either. That freaking traitor. Speaking of, speaking of petty. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. (laughs) Petty. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know. I I don't think that, uh, you know, I think captain. I also think, and this is going to, I don't know how hot take is, this is going to sound. I think captains are just a little bit over overrated. I know in flames world right now, um, everybody's like, who's going to be the flames next captain and all that. And they're saying Michael Backlund, Michael Backlund, he's been there the longest. I'm like, yeah, Michael Backlund also takes the most dumb penalties at late games. And that's who you want their captain to be. Like, it just makes no sense to me just because he's been there the longest. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just, Clearly, the Flames didn't have a captain this year. They did well. The Rangers didn't have a captain last year. They did extremely well. I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, you hear them talk about, you hear players talk about this often enough uh, in in a way that uh, gets the attention. Uh, but anybody that's ever been a part of a team of any kind, or any any worked a job of any kind, can probably understand and relate to the concept that just the person who's labeled as the supervisor, the captain who's in charge, isn't the only leader. And to have real yeah. success, you need everybody to be bought in. So it does help, you know, it's kind of that, uh, maybe that tip of the spear mentality and uh, they set that expectation, but yeah, the captain doesn't work alone in that sense. They have a leadership group that works with them, even if it's, you know, an unspoken way. And, uh, and really it, it takes everybody to buy in that, you know, the captain isn't, isn't wholly responsible for that. So, yeah, I agree. I think sometimes that kind of stuff gets, again, overblown, slow news day type of thing where when you've got uh, these 24-hour news cycles that have to have something in there, you got to fill with content somehow, and you can't just say, like, yeah, everything's fine today. Yeah. What is crazy is the, the World Juniors is happening right now, just started today, and it's like crickets. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't give an F. Yeah, I was like, I didn't even know it was on. I was like, what? I go on Twitter and they're like showing how the crowd is like empty in Edmonton. I'm like, yeah, no, that makes sense. It's like plus 36 out. It's pretty hot. Um, you know, yeah. a lot of the Hockey Canada stuff that's going on. I don't think there's much care level to, you know, to be honest at this moment. So, yeah. I think, I think honestly, I think it was a bit of a, a silly idea. Even going back, it's so the idea to even have it at this point, yeah. um, I think it should, they should have just canceled the gear because that's what they did. Uh, and, and yeah, I think for a lot of casual fans and even some of us quasi or, or hardcore fans just aren't really all that engaged with, with giving our attention to anything with Hockey Canada on it right now, which, no. you know, is unfortunate for like the women's game and for, for some of the youth because a lot of them have nothing to do with any of this and they're still feeling the, the that same wrath uh, or, or that blowback. Um, and it's really unfortunate. Um, and without going on another rant, because I think we're just about at the time we want to put into this today. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that the only acceptable outcome is a complete dismissal of the entire leadership structure of Hockey Canada. I. I just, I don't think, I don't know how you can move forward ethically and morally with anybody staying on. Yeah. And, and I don't want to, I don't think we're going to get into it. I, I do want to say if a lot of people don't understand what's happening and you're just like casual fans, there's been some huge headlines that, and, and, and waves that hockey Canada and that has been uncovered by Rick Westhead and a lot of great other reporters and, and all that. And, um, if you don't know what we're talking about, definitely go and, and Google it or look on Twitter and you'll find it. It's disgusting. It's, it's, um, indis- you know, 
I don't even have yeah. the words to, to say. I don't really want to get into it. We either. are the last people you should be hearing about this from. <laughs> Let's just put yeah, it like, like that. If you don't know, like, yeah, you should definitely look. But um, yeah. I, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to end with this. Amen. I agree with you on everything on that. And uh, But I do want to watch a little Connor Bedard. And if I do watch any World Juniors, it'll also be Team USA to watch a little Matty Coronado, a little high-end Flames prospect that uh, – should be doing uh, just about okay. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, guys, if you have to watch any of the World Juniors, please find a way to pirate the stream. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Um, I think let's leave it on, uh, let's leave it on this, uh, on a positive note, uh, kind of impromptu. Sorry if you're not prepared for this. Uh-oh. Highlight of the week for you. We, you know, we recorded a, a little over a week ago, our last episode, but yeah. buddy, what has been, and it doesn't have to be hockey related, but just tell me highlight of the week for you. And uh, no pressure if you choose something that is less obvious or if your family hears this and they find out it wasn't them. Well, I definitely better pick what I, I had my uh, second wedding anniversary this past week. And uh, my daughter's birthday is on the same day as my wedding anniversary. So uh, it's kind of, it's kind of a, an easy one to pick. And if I don't pick that, my wife ever heard me like not pick that. And my daughter, I, you know, You're I can say the Jonathan Huberto contract, but I'm not going to go with that. Even no. though I'm really pumped and it makes my Jersey purchase look a lot better. Cause I now can wear it for like longer than a year, but it's definitely my child's uh, first birthday and uh, yeah. my wedding anniversary. Hey, the relationships you have with them has been going on for far longer than your relationship so far with Jonathan Huberto. Exactly. Which I'm sure you hope at some point that, you know, but yeah, uh, for myself, a uh, bit of a fan moment. I think I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I've mentioned on previous podcasts, uh, one of my favorite uh, hockey podcasts that I listen to is the Broadcasts uh, podcast. If you all don't listen to them, uh, please uh, give them a chance, give them a check them out. They are much bigger and more su- successful than us, so they don't need that prompt. And uh, But uh, in the last two weeks, I've been, I've seen uh, or listened, heard two of my, uh, I guess, listener uh things read on, on there one was a review which was pretty cool to hear them because if they get reviews uh they read them on there uh and if we ever got reviews we'd read them on here but so far all our fans are silently loving us from afar uh and uh, mailbag question they uh they're not big fans of the st louis blues uh but i got them to talk about them on the show a little bit and they were they were complimentary they still they don't really care for david Prawn, who's gone and they don't care for Jordan Bennington. Both things I understand, but uh, yeah, that was a fun, fun aspect for my week this week was that, uh, you know, as much as we produce hockey content, we are fans and it's always fun to feel like uh, you get that little shout out on other pods, even if they don't know who I am or know who you are. It's, uh, you know, I don't need that. It's just kind of fun to interact. So. Yeah. That's awesome. We now need to get them on, even though if they're that much bigger than us, then we're, we're probably oh. going to get them on. <laughs> no, I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah one of these days uh because they are based out of vancouver um which is kind of how they came on my radar uh, i will like to try to if i can pick their brain find out how about how they built them, themselves up and, and whatnot because they've got patreon they've got stuff like that but i think they're also uh uh much more educated uh than us in uh things like journalism and uh, uh, uh and you know my expertise such. yes Yes. yes. Whereas we have hospitality backgrounds. Yes. <laughs> we cook dinner. I'll do that. Yeah. 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 We'll take good care of you. <laughs> Don't ask us tough, tough questions though. <laughs> on that note, thank you all very much for joining us. Don't forget to like us, follow us on subscribe across our socials, which is our Twitter accounts, our YouTube channel, find us everywhere, find us wherever you want. And if you can't find us, let us know. From a man, Twigs, for myself, Mietz. Thank you all very much for spending time with us, and we'll see you next week.